What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another week of Football Without Hesitation. I am your host, Oz. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to start it off like usual and invite everybody to follow me on the social medias at Baldini10 on Twitter, at FWH Podcast on Instagram. Follow along. That's where all my cool stuff goes on there, a.k.a. very little. I mean, I don't know. Most of my opinion goes into this show. Why, why am I going to just repeat it over and over by tweeting? But still follow me because those numbers feel good. But anyway, I was saying welcome back to another week here. Uh, Quakes had a bye week. How fucking strange is that? A bye week the second week of the year. Quite interesting. So not really much to talk about on that front. But doesn't mean there's nothing to talk about MLS. The first two weeks of the season started. Again, I don't know. They don't really show much. People are freaking out. Oh, Atlanta, Atlanta, should they be freaking out? No, they shouldn't be freaking the fuck out. It's the second game. You know, so, I mean, there's really, you, you can't really make too many judgments yet off of, what, 180 minutes of soccer? There's, there's nothing there. What you can say, though, is the fucking, is the American, well, not just the Americans, actually, because fucking Toronto, MLS for sure. Has really has really made a lot of people open their eyes in this this year's Concacaf Champions League. Again, for those unfamiliar with the Concacaf Champions League, Concacaf is the abbreviation or the initialism of the North American Soccer Confederation. So you know, Panama, Mexico, U.S., Canada, Canada, Canada. Don't know why I said it like that. Either way, pretty much anyone, you know, what, Panama North is a part of this CONCACAF, Costa Rica, what up? And every year they take the, the you know, every, every league has the different number of entrants. I think every country, actually, because Canada gets their own deal. So every league, every country gets their own number of entrants. Usually it's a team that either won a league championship or some kind of other big trophy. And then they throw them all together into this tournament. So it's the, the best of the best. The, the easiest way to, to describe it is that everyone or a lot of people are familiar with the UEFA Champions League. UEFA being the European Soccer Federation or Soccer Union, whatever, whatever the you want to call them but that that's probably the most competitive tournament in the world i know the world cup is really patriotic and and emotional for people but champions league has got to be the best soccer in the world it's just all motherfuckers in conmebol are like are you fucking serious right now the south america that's the south american confederation they probably got something to say about it but anyway there's, uh, there's this tournament going on right now, the CONCACAF Champions League. It's been going on in different versions for a hell of a long time. This current one, I think it started around 2000, around the year 2000, and Mexican teams have dominated. By that, I mean they've won every single one, every single tournament except one. And I believe that time was a Panamanian team that won that one other one. So... Uh, MLS team has never won it. I believe Galaxy and DC United maybe have gone to the final, which is as far as they've gone. But no, no American MLS team has ever won it. And and a lot of people take this as a 
as a, a kind of like guidestone for for where the league is. If the American, if it is American, well, shit. I mean, compare Amer- Mexicans are American as well. But if MLS could consistently compete with Liga MX teams in this tournament, which are again are not composed of friendlies then a, a lot of people seem to want to take MLS more seriously. And in this year, MLS said, you're going to take it seriously or else. So it's down to four teams now. Two, two, two Liga MX teams, two MLS teams. We got Chivas America on Liga MX side. Two of, again, legends. You know, You don't even need to... To explain their background, you hear America, Chivas. Those are some of the most successful teams in Mexican history. And then on the other side, you got New York Red Bulls and Toronto FC. Toronto FC is currently the class of MLS. They are the defending champions. They have Jovinko. They have fucking Jovinko. Did you see that that goal to get them? It was quite amazing. But that is the class of MLS right now, and then that that is the best team. So it is great to see that the best team in MLS is one game away from the final. So one game, one tournament is definitely not enough to change people's perception of this league. It's going to take several tournaments to show this can be a fluke. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it is. I, I think MLS is definitely reaching a, a new level of skill. But it could have just been a combination of... I mean, you see this in other sports. Leicester City. What up, y'all motherfuckers? A team just gets hot. A team just gets hot. And they seem to just, you know, not... Then just go away afterwards. So I'm curious. Is this just a couple teams that got hot? Toronto FC is definitely the the one that's showing that, no, this is different. This is a a new look for MLS. New York Red Bulls, no disrespect to them, but they're still the more classic MLS type team. And so so they're the ones that you could see, you would like to say was a fluke. But what the fuck they did to Tijuana, ain't no motherfucking fluke. That being said, again, Luis Robles will never have a game like he did in Tijuana. He will never again. If he does, holy shit. But but it's just it's just once in a lifetime type thing. So if they play that game a hundred times, how many times would New York Red Bulls win in Tijuana? You know, I'm not I'm not saying oh this is a again a straight fluke and MLS is going to continue to get dominated, but people are asking these questions now. Which I think is is neat. It's better than like, oh, fuck that. Well, they get dominated all the time. They suck. Now it's like, wait, was this a fluke or are they really that good? People are paying attention. And and what a game. What or what the several games. The Red Bulls, Tijuana, at Tijuana. I don't know. Tijuana had hella corner kicks. Oh, and I, they just, it didn't look like they could do anything. The uh, Red Bulls was so much bigger, so much taller, physically so much stronger that when it comes to corner kicks, dude, you just, doesn't matter your, your positioning, how strong your neck flick is or whatever. The dude next to you is four inches taller than you and 20 pounds heavier. 
he's probably going to win. He's probably going to win. So even though Tijuana had a lot of corner opportunities in Tijuana, it never really seemed, they didn't seem to threaten too much in, in Harrison, New Jersey. Then they looked like they were, they looked like a team that wanted to win. That was, that was threatening some stuff, but I don't know. Red Bulls just, just watching that game. Didn't, didn't feel like they were ever concerned. That team grew up a lot. How about, how about in preparation for that game, they start what? It was just two of their starters during the, the, their debut in MLS. It was their first season, first season game. And they, they put out two regular starters, one of them being Luis Robles, their, their keeper. So they had one position player that was a regular and all kids, pretty much, you know, all kids out there. And these dudes played Portland, who is a, an established team in MLS. One, one of the, I mean, they got big support. They're, they've, they've been champions. So they're, they're, they're a fucking established, good team. They got picked apart by teenagers for the most part. And so I don't know. So as much as I want to say, I don't know, Red Bulls, I think that was more of a fluke. I think they got, they got something going over there as well. What a way to start a season. What a way to start a season. And when it comes to the end of the season, when you need those critical three points, when you need that one point, when you need that goal, that experience in Tijuana, that experience in Harrison, this experience coming up. I think they're playing America. So you're going to Azteca, motherfuckers. You're going to Azteca. That experience is going to fucking help. Get ready for lasers in your eyes. Those are dicks. Um, but anyway, so I, I don't know. Like I said, like I, I've, I've mentioned it several times before on this show. This isn't a technical breakdown of MLS. I watch MLS. I drink beer watching MLS and I enjoy myself. And so I, I really can't say if, oh, I don't think this is a fluke because X, Y, Z. Or I think this is a fluke because X, Y, Z. But as somebody that's that's been following this league really really you know for the last five years i i've i've put every, every effort i can into learning and understanding this league more this is different this is different that team toronto has put together that team i don't know how the red bulls you know they rest every one of their players and they dominate one of the more established a championship team in the league that's pretty goddamn impressive. But um, but the one thing I was that caught my attention is a lot of these successes are coming from young foreign players. Other than Josie Altador, you know, like it's it's these young foreign guys, and and it's dope. It's great for the league. But I also think of ultimately, I'm an American. I support the U.S. men's national team. I would like for them to be successful. I would like for them to be known as one of the better national teams in around the world. And MLS, obviously your domestic league, is, it should be a huge influence as to how, you know, the talent that's developed for your national team. But so much, and it, it's working. Now, you know, you can go... 
You could go to Brazil. You could go to Uruguay. You could go, you know, down south with $10 million and come back with a really neat young prospect who you're probably going to sell for $25 million in a couple of years. And the way that the rules have changed, that you, you keep that cash now from MLS. You used to have to share 25% with them. Now you keep it all. So are we going to have a bunch of fucking Liverpools, you know? Are we going to have a bunch of Liverpools who just figured out the business sense of soccer and are just bringing in people and selling them and, and making a, a, a sweet profit while the level of play in the national team doesn't get better or the, the domestic players, you know, those $10 million that go to some guy in Uruguay might not go to, to building new soccer fields in this, you know, in Dalton, Georgia. I don't know, you know, like I, it's, it's a tricky situation. Soccer is such an interesting sport in the fact that it's a worldwide thing and there's so many levels. I think I saw a tweet. It was, was it Brandy Chastain? I don't know. It was somebody, it was, it was a retired UN's, U.S. women's national player and she was tweeting how she was upset of traveling teams just poaching players from other teams. And... It's so interesting. She's talking about children. She's talking about ten-year-olds. You know, and and that's where we've where this sport is. It's a very very tricky sport. There's so many layers, and but I I I try to look at it again from look at it from Saturn. You know, let's look at it from Mars. Let's look at it from somewhere else. Is where is this headed? The, is the domestic league going to be its own entity that wants to be a top five league around the world? or And, and it's going to do that at the cost of its national program? Or is MLS going to become robust enough with USL, with the academy system, that not only will it become a top five league around the world, it will also consistently produce great domestic players for the national team both the men and women's side women really don't need much help y'all fucking dominate can we fucking can we pay them some more money can we pay them some more fucking money but so i i was just watching this and in my excitement i don't know what it was but i was just like fuck like this is neat this is this is neat that i'm seeing this happen but how neat would it be if the guy scoring that goal that makes a difference is some kid that was from San Bernardino or Salinas or Kansas City or wherever the fuck, you know, we I don't know. That's why it, I I don't envy the U.S. soccer executive board or all the people that make the decisions because these are extremely difficult decisions in a giant country with a lot of people. And so, so the, they're, it's tough. It's tough. And I, and I get it. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not here saying that I, I have a solution or not. But I was just thinking of uh, is how can the such rapid expansion and development of MLS actually be a detriment to the national team? You know, because the na I, I don't know. It's tricky, and, and, and again, I believe, I understand that people, this is an immigrant country. We are a country of immigrants, so a lot of loyalties may be like, well, my parents, 
you know, are are from South Africa, so I follow the South African team, you know. Or my parents are Mexican, so I, I follow Mexican national team. So it's kind of, you know, hard to be like, well, yeah, I, I love I love the Quakes, but when it comes to the national side, I'm El Trio all the way, you know. So, like, I don't know. It, it, it's just so tricky. And sometimes I, I look at, again, U.S. soccer, some or all these people, and I'm like, fuck, you guys have a damn near impossible job. But then sometimes it's like, are you? What are you trying to do? What is... I, I guess that... There you go. That's the big question. As says U.S. soccer. I don't feel that I they have a set game plan. You know? Of course, I'm like, yeah, MLS the top five league and U.S. national team top 20. Cool. How are we going to get there? There's 350 million people in this country. We're still... Again, I'm from Salinas. And in the last two years... How many people have signed from Salinas to Mexican team or to a lower division team and we still can't get a fucking oh, a one hour training session for the Quakes to come down here or, or to send somebody? It, you you got you, you to try so hard to get somebody and then they come out and they're like, oh, guess what? We just did a deal with Inter Milan. We just did a deal with, with the German Football Association. And I, and I get it. Those teams probably reached out. Being from San Jose, dude, you have all this data, all this technology shit around you. So people want probably those analytics. But how is the San Jose Earthquakes making a partnership with the German Soccer Federation, whatever that soccer, whatever that relationship entails, how is that going to be a net positive to the men's national team? I'm curious. And why isn't the men's national team going out and making these kind of connections with other teams? Maybe they are. Granted, did no research on that. And I'm sure there's, there's plenty of connections between UN's, the men's national team and MLS. But in the last two or three weeks, San Jose Earthquakes made a deal. Again, Inter Milan and the German Soccer Federation. How is that going to turn in to more people from Monterey County getting an opportunity? Alice L. High School, one of the powerhouses, the powerhouse here in Salinas, just won the first ever NorCal state championship, or I guess mid-state, half-state championship, whatever you want to call. The first time ever they held this event, they won. They won handedly, three to one. It wasn't really close, to be honest. It was. It wasn't really close. That that this is easily, easily one of the best teams, if not the best high school team to ever come out of this area. Um, again, I am not a historian, so if anyone does know of a team that, yeah, maybe the '95 California Jaguars. That was a fucking stacked team, but that wasn't a high school team. But for in high school, there I don't think there's anybody, at least in Monterey County, nobody has been better than this year's Alisal High Trojan soccer program. And they play 50 minutes away from Avaya. And the San Jose Earthquakes are making deals with teams in Italy. What in the fuck? It makes no sense to me. I mean, I get it. There's probably no financial deal is just just a contract or anything and and to come down to Salinas you're probably gonna have to spend some you know some money 
setting up an academy or whatever. But what's going on? How can you have one of what I consider one of the greatest soccer cities in the country 50 miles away from you and you're making deals with federations 6,000 miles away? How is a kid from Salinas who has potential to be an MLS player going to benefit from an Inter fucking uh, collaboration? I don't get it. I don't get it. I obviously probably don't understand it. And, and I, again, I believe a lot of these foreign teams just want to use the technological capital that we have around here. You go to San Jose, you can't, can't throw a rock without hitting 12 engineers, you know? But at what cost? At what cost? Are we going to elevate? Is the German team going to get even better? Is Inter Milan going to take something from California to make their team better? And a kid 40 miles away, 50 miles away is not going to benefit from it? I'm not saying that's not fair because life's not fucking fair, but you're failing. You're failing. You're fucking up. You're fucking up if 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 you're ignoring this whole talent base. And I don't know. Obviously, this this is something that's a very passionate thing for me. And and I see these partnerships and they're neat. The German soccer federation, the German team is the best national team in the world right now. They are Everybody's chasing them. So it makes sense to want to collaborate with the people that made that team. But how how is that going to help the next Chris Wondolowski in Danville? How is that going to help the next Ramiro Corrales in Salinas? What is that going to do? Is that going to have, uh, you know, is more coaches going to be available? I don't know. You know, I don't know. Obviously, it's just me talking into a mic, so I can reach out to the Quakes and sit, you know. Jesse looks like he's a pretty open dude. Maybe I can sit him down and be like, what's the plan? What's the plan? How is this going to help not only the San Jose Earthquakes, but the U.S. men's national team? I don't even know if that comes into play. But as an American, as somebody that was born in this country, as somebody that supports the other L3, watcha, the red, white, and blue, I, I'm curious. I want to know. That's my team. That's my team. While I admire the, the German way of playing and it's, it's beautiful and they're great. If they're playing Americans, I want the U.S. to win. I understand the reality of it, but it's my tribe, baby. This is my tribe. So when I, when I see the Quakes making these deals, it's like, what's going on there? How? Maybe you do have a long-term goal or a, a long-term plan of like, dude, playing the long game here, you know? But I just don't understand how you can have, again, a community college that's constantly in the state championship, uh, a high school that is top 15 nationally ranked year after year. You have Alvarez, who's right behind them, who's desperately trying to, to put something together that Alisal has. And guess what? They, they're, they're, they're succeeding. They're doing pretty damn good. You have Watsonville. I, I mean, they're Santa Cruz County. But Watsonville, you just say Watsonville around here and people take notice. That that team, you know, again, there is an amazing amount of talent. And I see the San Jose Earthquakes making deals that do make sense. They do make a lot of business sense, but sometimes make very little soccer sense, at least for the domestic side. 
you know, hell, okay, Germany gets gets some kind of computer software that lets them track their players how they run faster. How, is that same technology being offered to the men's national team? Is that going to trickle its way down to MLS? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, as you can tell, there wasn't quakes. No, actually, let's end this with a quakes little thing. Quakes play this Saturday at Kansas City. First away game of the year. Second game of the season. Let's see. This team looked good for 80 minutes in the first game. Let's see if they can pull a whole 90 minutes together and what they can do away. Everybody knows MLS is so difficult to win away. And Quakes make an art form of losing away. So it'll be interesting if if that is slowly going to start changing. And we'll see you on Saturday. And I'm inviting everybody. Uh, we're going to have a viewing party at Alvarado Street Brewery. The production facility there on, on, on Dayton. It's, I think, 1315 Dayton Street, Salinas, California. Alvarado Street Brewery. Look it up. Uh, 5.30 kickoff. We're, we're all going to meet there. You just walk in. You'll see the people. We've, we've already got like 10 people going. And hopefully we can get some more. And again, you're invited. As long as there's no hockey on, I think we, we, we can get their projector. They have one, one, one screen. It's a giant screen projector. But they're hardcore Sharks fans. And like I've said before, San Jose is a hockey town. San Jose is a fucking hockey town. And But I'm trying to change that trying to change that we're taking that that screen over and we'll be there saturday so saturday five show up at about five o'clock get a, get a couple beers in you before before it starts and and yeah we'll be there and hopefully we can be there you know every away game if not we'll find a fucking bar we'll find a fucking bar in salinas and and yeah and we'll keep this train going and then we'll see how how big we can make it but anyway thanks again for listening this week quick sign off it's i'm I don't know if you can hear the background, but I'm, I'm at a bar. It's getting kind of loud. I, I don't think too much of the sound is coming through, but but yeah, so I'm just going to finish enjoying this beer. Sign off for the week. At Baldini10 on Twitter, FWH Podcast on Instagram. You know, iTunes, Spotify, Google Music, iHeartRadio. Please don't go so bankrupt that you close your app because... Uh, a lot of people listen to podcasts on iHeartRadio app. Um, but yeah, wherever you listen to Football Without Hesitation should be there. If I am not, please send me a message so I can make sure that I do get on where you listen because I want you to be able to listen to this. Um, but anyway, for now, this is me signing off. Saturday, 530. Go Quakes, baby. <laughs>